Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. If you grab your Bible, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Um, I got to admit, I'm a little tired this morning. The Padres wore me out last night. Um, I don't even know if that's spiritual carnal. I'm a little off right now, but... Uh, I got to tell you, I was pretty excited. To you Dodger fans, I love you, okay? There's no, please hear the word of the Lord. There's, this is not personal. It's just business, okay? And uh, we're grateful for you. But uh, just a, a fabulous weekend. Honored to preach here to you. And I love you all. And let God's word do what God's word does. First Samuel chapter 30, verse number 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag. On the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein, they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captive, and Anoam the Jezreelitess, and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Camelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, Because the soul of all the people, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. And some of the sweetest words in all of scripture. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought hither the ephod to David, and David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. I want to preach this morning and I want to allow God's word to deep, dig deep into our spirit. And I take my thoughts from verse number six, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. My subject this morning is this, I will preach to my soul. I'm going to preach to my soul. Would you put your Bibles down, your phones down? Would you put your hands together and give Jesus just one more praise? God, I thank you for your word. There is an anointing in this house. God, you have come to bless your people and those that are watching, God. I ask God for you to do what nothing else in this world can do. We give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Put a smile on your face. Let me see your dental work, okay? Let me see a smile, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, preach to your soul. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. 
the background of the story is so vital to the essence and the importance of why this story is recorded in Scripture for all time and eternity. David and his men had just returned from Gath where the king there told David, David, I want you to hear these words. Thou art good in my sight, David. You're as an angel of God. Now, I don't know when's the last time you gave a compliment like that to somebody that said you're an angel of God to me, but that would make me feel pretty good. I think my head would be spinning. I'd have to use some diet shampoo to shrink it back. But I got to tell you, that would make my spirit rise a little bit. It's those words that are dancing in David's spirit and his mind as he and his men begin to make their way back home. They're excited. They're thrilled. They're anxious to see their little ones. They are looking forward to wrapping their arms around their family and their wives. And there's a buzz in the camp. It's not too far from the camp that they begin to see something that is very disturbing to them as smoke begins to rise in the far distance. Is that the camp? Is the trash burning? Is something gone amiss? As they get closer, the reality of what has taken place begins to set in. As they beheld the camp that they dwelt in, the place that they fortified and built and invested in, it was the home. It was where their kids were raised. It's where they had placed their hat. It's what they call home. It's what they longed to be. Everything they have invested in and everything they have worked so hard. They toiled to establish and develop, to claim and to have. is now nothing but a heap of ashes. It's fire and burn and smoke rises from what used to be their houses. To make matters worse, to turn the knife, so to speak, as they begin to scavenge through and begin to look and begin to try to discover not one person was there in the camp. Their wives, their families had been taken captive. I don't know how you would feel. I don't know how difficult it is for you and I to put ourselves in that moment. What would you and I feel like? How would we handle this reality? What would our emotions be when we looked around and our home is burnt to the ground? Our loved ones are nowhere to be found. Our minds begin to think the worst. They don't think good. They don't think they're out on a picnic. They think the very worst. Our world has been turned upside down. Our wives are enslaved. Our kids have been killed. There's nothing good that can happen out of this reality. And as you begin to imagine the emotions to begin to sink in, the Bible doesn't leave that to our imagination. It begins to put words together in a sentence that do not belong together. They're trying their best to articulate and bring some understanding of the weight and the reality of this moment. The Bible is trying to paint a picture for you and I, for you and I to grasp the depth and the hurt and the pain and the reality. So the words that the gospel and the words that God and the words that the writer begins to put together are words like this. This. And the men lifted up their voices and wept until there was no more power 
to weep. They wanted to cry. They, they would long to shed more tears. There was just nothing left. There was no more to give. They were so distraught. They were so messed up. Their spirits were so broken. They didn't have the power to even weep. To make matters worse. The Bible says that the souls of all the men were grieved. Oh, the depth of that reality and the depth of pain. Some of you have walked those valleys and you have faced those mountains and you have endured those lonely, dark, empty nights. You, you know what it feels like to have the souls of the men and people grieved. I feel like I'm preaching in a season of our existence, not just here. I, I'm preaching to, to you and I'm preaching to those that were here. I, I'm preaching to an atmosphere, a culture, an environment. But we are living in a time when the souls of people are grieved that they want to believe they want the right they want good but their hearts are so broken their spirits are so mangled their lives are so shattered they wonder if they'll ever exist they're zombified if you will they're simply bringing in air they're living a life of existence but nobody's home the souls of all the people were grieved and now matters grow worse as rumblings begin to take place. Why don't we make someone pay? Someone needs to pay. Heads got to roll. Someone's losing their job. This is not going unchecked. And so the rumblings begin to turn. Why don't we just take David out? He led us. He took us away. He should have been smart enough. He should have saw this coming. If he was a good leader, he'd have figured this out long before this took place. Why don't we just take David's life? And can you imagine for one moment with me? Would you bring yourself to that moment? moment when everybody around you is going after you they're, they're coming after you like a gang fight it's all in it's by yourself it's 10 again it's one against a hundred there's no win here no one comes out of this alive and what does David do the bible in the most craziest way of expressing what David did said but David encouraged himself in the Lord is God. David, you're nuts. David, you don't live in the real world, David. You don't know what I've gone through, David. But David wanted you to understand in time and eternity of God's word wants you to understand there are some times you have to preach to your own soul. There are times. Woo. There, there, there are moments and there are seasons and there are occasions that no one will understand and nobody gets it. But you know, I got to preach to my soul. I got to speak to myself. I got to have a conversation with me. Now, I want a newsflash here. I just want to get you up to date and up to speed with yourself, okay? But whether you acknowledge it or not, or whether you think it or not, you're preaching something to yourself anyways. You, you are talking yourself in and out of things. Some of you are here because you talked yourself, I got to get to church. 
I got to get my act together. I got to not let the Padres take over. I, I got church. Somebody say amen. amen. But there are people that are not here that preach to themselves as well. I deserve this. Uh, it's Padre vacation time. Uh, I'm going to sleep in. I'll watch online. No slam on you. Online, I love you, okay? But can I tell you, we preach it to ourselves uh, all the time. Uh, we talk to ourselves uh, all the time. In, in, in an educated setting, in a more a prolific way of putting this, it's really a soliloquy. A soliloquy really is a monologue addressed to yourself where you begin to speak to yourself and you tell yourself things. Uh, we see this in time and time again in Scripture. It would be like the Apostle Paul that says this to himself. I can do all things through Christ. Yeah. No one gets me. No one understands. No one knows the giants that I'm facing. But I know I can do all things through Christ, which gives me strength. Because one of the most powerful voices in all the planet Earth is your own voice. You speaking to yourself. You addressing yourself. You telling yourself. Let me remind you, sweet people, of something. My mama taught me this a long time ago. There is a moment in your walk with God that you cross the line. And you will never backslide again. You will never let go again. You will never surrender again there is a conversation and a time that you tell yourself this is who I am this is how I live this is where I'm going I will preach to my soul there is an effort. There's an intentional strategy that wants to speak to you. There is really a clamor of noise and voices that are trying to distract you and I. They're trying to get into our heads. They're trying to influence our lives. There are voices that will celebrate your dysfunction, but they'll mock your victory. They don't mind you being broken. They don't mind you being jacked up and messed up. They don't mind you being torn up. They don't mind you being broken inside. They don't mind that. They don't want you to rejoice in the God of your salvation. They don't want you to say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. They don't want that. They want you to come limping and, and marred and scarred and disfigured and battered and bruised. They don't mind you being torn up. What they don't want is for you to have a conversation with yourself. I, I really feel in a prophetic sense, God help me, I, I'm preaching to a generation that you got to do something that nobody else can. Your mama can't do it. Your daddy can't do it. Your brother can't do it. Your sister can't do it. Your pastor can't do it. I got to tell myself, I am going all the way with God. Oh, would you put your hands together and give Jesus a praise? Come on, somebody. Would you lift your voice? 
Would, would, would you do me a favor, okay? Be maybe seated. Do me, I, I, I have my own amen corner today, my brothers and sisters, okay? Like, I can say anything, drop the melon, mess up, and they're going to say amen, okay? I need you to out amen them, okay? Uh, I need you to be my amen corner. I feel like I'm, I'm plowing into something here. Last week, uh, your pastor and you know, some of your leaders and I and a lot of us were in Orlando, Florida for a general conference, and I was speaking to my presbyter there. We were in the booth area, and uh, we were just talking and chatting, and uh, uh, Sister Carla Burton, she was here. She did just spoke, right? So I, she's my presbyter, and, and, and they're just wonderful people. We were talking, and we were asking, like, did you go, and did you eat In-N-Out Burger? Like, did you, did you do something spiritual, right? Like... You know, did you go to Winter Snitchel? Did you do that? Because that's like what we do, you know? It's like get that heart attack on a plate and say, come on, right? That, that's how we live. Like we fly here, we land, we get in the car, and we head to In-N-Out Burger. That's a ritual. Like we would feel we sinned if we didn't do anything, you know? It's just that important. So we were talking. Well, somehow we got on this idea of, of, of jack-in-the-box tacos. You know those greasy things with, you know, have mystery meat in it? You know what I'm talking about? Right? You, 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 have, you know it's not healthy, but it's so, so good, right? right? Like, like, and, and, like, you don't just order one. Like, you, you talk yourself in, like, it's only two for a dollar. Like, like, this is a good deal. Like, I'll save one. But you don't save. You eat them all, like me, right? We just, so we were talking about jack-in-the-box tacos. Well, I mean, like, the next day, my wife pulls out the phone. And she says, you're not going to believe this. She showed me the phone. And she said, you're not going to believe this. She said, there is on Instagram a advertisement for jack-in-the-box tacos. Like, I've never had a jack-in-the-box taco advertisement on my phone. She said, they're listening to me. Can I just get an amen in the house, okay? All right, all right, okay. So it's like, all right, Siri, here we go. Siri, you need to repent of your sins, Siri. Like, are you even saved, Siri? Like, right, right? Now, let me ask you people something. If, if, if the Instagram is interested in what you're saying, if Instagram and Google and, and Apple and all them care about your words, if Instagram is, is really following you, don't you think your own words to yourself matter? Isn't this a time to say, hey, I, I got to preach to my soul. I got to tell my soul some things. Because what we say to ourselves is a matter of victory or defeat. I give you David as the example today, but Psalms 23, 4. Psalms 23, 4 says, yay. You know it. Psalms 23 is the most popular chapter of Psalms in the entire Bible. Psalms 23 is the most read Psalms in all of Scripture. David writes these words, notice the words, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to get through this. I don't know how the cookie crumbles and I don't know the bends in the road, but I'm telling my soul something. This is not how I die and this is not how it is. I will get through my valley. I will get through my struggle. I will get through. 
David saying it. David saying, you don't believe me, but I'm saying it to myself. I, I will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And then he keeps on speaking to himself. He keeps on preaching to his own soul. And I will fear no evil. I don't know what the enemy is doing. I don't know what tomorrow holds. But I will fear no evil. I am preaching to some of you. There is a spirit of fear. And there's a spirit of anxiety. And there's a spirit of death that wants to overshadow you. You got to tell yourself, I will fear no evil. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to let the devil. I'm not going to let the world. Oh, come on, keep praising him. Come on, keep praising him. Some of you, some of you feel stuck. I'm telling you, some of you, you feel paralyzed. You're, you're just existing. You're, you're, you're trying to say, do I even, what am I doing? Some of you are even wondering why you're even in this church. You're, you're wondering why you still believe. And I'm telling you, there is a fierce fight that's going on for your soul. And this is where you have to rise up and say, I will preach to my soul. I will tell my soul something. You want to know what David did? I'm going to tell you what David said, Psalm 34, 1. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will, come on, say it with me, class. Ready, boys and girls? Here we go. I will bless the Lord at all times. Even right now, even what I'm facing right now. Let me be honest with you, because some of you are facing marital struggles and your kids are acting stupid and you're worried about your finances and you're worried about a doctor visit. Pastor Tom, if I'm right in line, you correct me. And you've got this paralyzing feeling and spirit and you're waiting for the storm to pass. I'm waiting for a good report. I'm waiting for it to get better. And David says, you're too late. I will preach to my soul this. No matter what it feels like, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what is ahead, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. It is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. Oh. Come on, somebody. Praise him. Praise him in the good times. Praise him in the bad times. Let everything that hath breath Praise ye the Lord. 
I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm talking about I'm talking about maturing I'm talking about growing up What I'm talking about is like meat Some of you are still on formula and, And you gotta get off the formula Just want you to know we have a formula shortage Okay because you don't need formula right now. You got to get some meat. And you're struggling. Woo! How y'all know y'all are behind? Woo! And you're you're in the throes and and you're being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. You're waiting for the latest preacher to inspire you. Here's our problem. Ready? Ready? Wait, wait, wait. This is class participation, okay? Ready? Are you ready? Yes. Here's our problem. We are hooked on encouragement. Pastor, fluff me up. Worship leader, light my fuse. Come on, church. Help burp me and help me feel better. We, we, we need a, a word of encouragement. If somebody don't pat me on the back, somebody don't greet me, somebody don't smile at me, I'm not the pastor here, but I'm going to pastor. I'm just telling you. You get all twisted up. You get all mad because Mark didn't buy you a coffee. I mean, you get all upset. You got to tell yourself, I don't care about any of that. I will preach to my soul. Soul, it is well with you. It is well with you. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Do you still know how to weep through the midnight hour? Let me tell you what your Bible says. Weeping may endure. Weeping may endure for a night. Can can you hold on in the night when when you don't know what's going to happen? It's nighttime, but you know I got joy on its way. Sit down. I'm going to get on the plane Tuesday. I don't have to handle your mess. Don't send me any hate mail, okay? But we forgot how to weep in the midnight hour. We have forgotten how, how to, the old church, the old saints, the old church, right? They used to know how to lay their hands on their own head. Say, I don't got somebody to pray for me. So I'm going to pray for myself. Come on, in the name of Jesus. I pray healing in my body. I pray strength in my soul. I pray joy in my heart. God, I pray victory in my spirit. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. This is about maturing. Putting your big boy underwear on, okay? I know I get in trouble if I say big girl underwear, so I don't say that, okay? But you got to understand, you can't stay infantile, wishy-washy, in and out. I'll show up to church when it's good. I'll come when I want to. You know what David did? His life is turned upside down. He's on an assassination list. He's got chaos everywhere. What does David do? 
What does David do? I'm going to tell you what he did. Thank you. The Bible says, is he asked for an ephod? Now, just to be clear, an ephod is a priestly garment that they use to pray, to see God, to get direction. Now, I don't have the little racks up here of ephods to hand out. We don't have no ephods on sale, okay? But it's a principle. Somebody say it's a principle. And here's the principle. David reached for spiritual things first. David didn't say, well, I guess that didn't work out. I'm done with church. I, I, I don't think I, I belong. I, and it's amazing how many people stop praying, stop giving, stop worshiping, stop coming to church, being involved. Is this your church or not? Do you care about it or not? It's not going to do it on its own. And these people that will say, this is where God has me and I want to be a part of it. He said, instead of sitting down, being grumpy, bad attitude, with bad breath, David said, give me the ephod. I got to get to God. I got to get a fresh touch from God. I got to get help from God. I'm not criticizing. I'm just telling you the truth. Some of you trust Google more than you do the Bible. Right? Some of your first response is to numb yourself. I'm going to Netflix out. I'm going to medicate myself out. I'm going to drink myself to oblivion. Right? That's not what David did. David said, bring me the ephod. I want to get a hold of God. And nobody's going to stop me. Nobody's going to get in my way. You got to make up your mind, Brother Townsend. I'm going to get a hold of God if it's the last thing I do. Can I just tell you? The Bible says this. You can all stand across this house. The Bible says this. David asked to the Lord and said, Lord, do we pursue them? The Lord says, go pursue them. And I want to do one better than that. You're, you're going to recover everything. You read it. You read it in your Bible. Just a couple verses down from that. In verse 18 and 19. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. There was nothing lacking to them. Neither small nor great. Neither sons nor daughters. Neither spoil. Nor anything that they had taken to them. David, the Bible says, recovered all. Follow me for a second. David understood the power of when you come to God and God asks you to do something, that God will back up his word. That's why a few chapters later down the road, David said, where's the ark? They said, it's over there in the Philistines' camp. He said, go get it. David The ark hadn't been here in a long, all the days of Saul, it's not been here. He said, you don't understand. 
my God will bring back everything if we ask him. Can I tell you something, church? I feel this in my spirit. The ark is coming into this church in a fresh way. There's going to be recovery of ministries, of anointing, a a recovery of the loss, of the backslidden, your wayward sons and daughters, uh, those that you thought would never be saved. uh, You're going to see a surge of hope rise in your spirit. I'm going to tell you how. You better preach to your soul. You better make up your mind. I got to preach to my soul. I'm going to heaven. The battle that I'm in is not my last battle. God wants to restore some things in this house right now. Pastor Durant, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. There's a dominion that's flowing in this house. There's a future that is unfolding. And it's going to be a congregation that makes up their mind. We have crossed the line. We're not turning back. You need a new building. I prayed in your worship, God, give them a building debt-free. That's my prayer. I prayed that. You need a building for all of you, all of you to be able to worship freely and fully. You need a place for people to come and sit next to you and feel comfortable. I'm telling you, God is unfolding some things. But this morning, I come to tell you, there's some of you that need us to remind yourself. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted? What's wrong with you, knucklehead? David said, hope thou in God, for I will yet praise. Can I have your hands lifted up towards heaven right now? God is going to speak into your spirit right now. Would you just begin to talk to the Lord right now, God? I'm preaching to my soul this morning. I'm making up some, I'm making some decisions, God. I'm moving forward. I, I'm, I'm going to dream again. And I'm going to ask you, Lord, to do the impossible in my life. Pray. Come on. Come on, church. I, I'm, I'm encouraging you. Come on. Some of you are on the fence. And, and, and you're, you're, it's still not real. And I'm telling you today, you, you are going to help yourself. You're going to preach yourself into another dimension. You're, you're going to encourage yourself in the Lord. God is hearing your voice. I, I know it's been tough. I, I know it's been a battle. I know it's been hard. But in spite of all that, God, I've come to give you praise. I've come to lift your name. I've come to be restored. So I know we don't have room for everyone. But here's what I can tell you. You have two options. You can do an act of faith or you can do an act of fear. Your act of faith is you getting out of their seat. Whether you come here or step in the aisle, that's on you. I want you to move as an act of faith. And God is going to meet you in a very special way right now. Would you respond to the word of God? Would you begin to speak to yourself? Self, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Self, of God before us. Come on, there, there's an anointing. There, there's a breakthrough. Some of you, I'm telling you, it's just opening up your heart to God and say, God, give me the strength to believe. Come on, give me the hope to believe. Come on, somebody, if you've been honest right now, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have the solution. You don't have to connect all the dots. That you just come in before the Lord. I will encourage myself 
in the Lord. I, I will preach to my soul. Come on. God, God is ministering all over this house. I don't know what burdens you're carrying. I don't know what decisions you have to make. I don't know what's binding you. But you preach to yourself anyhow. I will make it. God, God is for me. Come on. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I, I'm not going to fear. Tear, you have to go. Victory is in the house. Deliverance is in the house. Come on, it's you and God. I preach to my soul. 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 Hope thou in God. God's got my children. God's got my marriage. God's got my future. My career. Come on, it's in God's hand. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.